0: Welcome to the Buker & Friends Podcast. Co-starring 10-year NBA center Ryan Hollins.
1: Couple bump lanes shot blocked by Ryan Hollins. Hollins sent that into the third row.
0: Six rebounds and eight assists.
1: Oh! Hollins oh! climbs Hollins the stairs. Down the floor. Ryan oh! Hollins, he is the high jumper. That's what I want to see. Give me some gunpowder and throw the hammer down.
0: And now, here is your host. Let's send it over to Rick Bucher. Rick Buker.
2: Welcome to another episode of Buker and Hollins, subsidiary of Bucher and Friends, part of the United Wecast Network. I'm Rick Bucher. You can see me on FS1. You can read me on Bleacher Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Rick Buker. He is Ryan Hollins. NBA Vet. You can see him on ESPN, a variety of other networks and locations. You can follow him on Twitter at TheRyanHollands and simply on Instagram at RyanHollands. All right, so we are recording this shortly after game three. Ryan Hollands, as you can probably hear, is uh, strolling the uh, hallways of a hotel in some undisclosed location. I'm not sure where it is. He's Natalie Attired.
1: It Bristol, looks like a at better. least a
2: three star, if not a far four star hotel. Shiny
1: you can fill us in Bristol, on the rest. Bristol, Connecticut.
2: <laughs> Your what?
1: Shiny Bristol, Connecticut. Oh
2: goodness! The, well, then we are talking about three star. We're de- talking about see. definite three star. There is the, the not a four the, star hotel that exists the in the entire of state of Connecticut. <laughs> Indeed. All right. So the Toronto Raptors defeat. The Golden State Warriors in game three, or what's left of the Golden State Warriors in game three, 123 109. Boy, I, 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 I'll just say this. If there was ever a win in a game three that would convince me that the Raptors are not capable of winning this series, it, it would be this. This was so disappointing they won because the warriors simply didn't have enough but the rap this was not a convincing victory by any means and if the warriors get back anybody clay kd i have no confidence that the raptors can take advantage of the fact that they're now up 2 one in the series
1: you're so right about it and you know let's just say there's some scenario where injuries prevail Mm -hmm. you know god forbid but injuries prevail You won't feel like, hey, we saw the right champions here. Right, and uh, you know what's what's kind of intriguing is I even feel like when Golden State got their first championship, when when Stephen Clay and that crew took care of business. Yes, and they did. Yeah, that LeBron was cheated, and that he absolutely was. And no Kyrie
2: Irving, no no Kevin Love,
1: no Kyrie, no Kevin Love, and and in my mind. The Golden State Warriors weren't ready to be champions then. Mm. They weren't ready. Iggy was the most veteran of the crew, but they didn't deserve a championship. And I know those those sound like harsh words, but I didn't feel that peace in my heart that they beat the best available, you know, even with the LeBron James.
2: Yeah, I get that. I, I stopped short of saying that they didn't deserve it because they did have to close the door. You had guys step up like Leandro Barbosa Came through. Obviously, Iggy came through. Draymond showed his value, and I'm not putting out the poss. I'm not eliminating the possibility that the Raptors can still grow from this. I, I, I do think that there is a. I'm going to accept that there is a challenge when you're playing a team that is clearly inferior knowing exactly never having been in this situation before collectively not knowing how to attack that not knowing how to step on their neck and kill them and just take full advantage of that I get that they, they were clearly searching for how do we approach this because it's so different and, and so the Raptors still could show that they are worthy of winning a championship they're just gonna have to do it different than the way they played game three
1: I think you have to look at Kawhi Leonard. And there's there's different dynamics that superstars bring to the table.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now right now, arguably, by default, he's the best player in the world. By default, okay? But Kawhi Leonard's not a playmaker. No, He's a guy who would play off of the basketball for you. He's a guy who would defend for you. He's a guy who would do all the little things. There's degrees between LeBron and Kawhi. Between Steph and Kawhi. Steph has an immediate impact, not just on his own game, but on your entire offense. The flow, the way other guys shoot. He gets other guys open. Kawhi is working really hard at that. And I and I credit. I, I almost feel like you know Nick Nurse is doing a heck of a job, or he's or we're doing a heck of a job, but everything we say, they seem to do and they seem to be working on because he's he's trying hard to be a playmaker. And they can see and break down on film, as Kawhi brought up so eloquently in the presser, that, hey, when I go one-on-one, it's not a good shot for us. It's not working. I can't do that for an entire basketball game. If they need me to go get it, I'll go get it, Rick.
2: I did like, and I do like, the fact that when Kawhi sees a mismatch, he immediately goes to attack it. When he had Steph Curry on him, which was an interesting decision by the Warriors, to have Steph defend Kawhi on certain key possessions down the, down the second half. Kawhi had no problem taking him down, backing him down, getting to a spot, and and getting a quality shot. And I want that. I want that from my leader. The, there are times where it gets bogged down because he gets lost in trying to do that. I thought Pascal, Pascal Siakam got lost in that a couple times. But if there's a guy that I have an issue with from this game that I'm scratching my head. Who is it? It's Kyle Lowry.
1: I knew you were going to say that. He
2: was, <laughs> he was channeling his inner J.R. Smith, both good and bad. He was, he was knocking down threes at a clip, and which is not even characteristic for him. But at the same time, I was screaming at the TV when the game started. He's on Steph Curry, and he's giving Steph Curry all kinds of room to get comfortable. And I'm thinking there's only one guy
1: you have to worry about. What are you doing? He had silly fouls at half court, right? It was, he had, it was, it was yeah. the whole package. Yes. Yep.
2: It was, it was dumb fouls. It was, why are you playing so soft on Steph to start? And, and then playmaking-wise. He was a little bit crazy. That's why when they put Fred Van Vliet on on Steph, and they start I think that's one reason why they started Fred the second half for Danny Green. Danny Green had a little bit of foul trouble, but I think the other part was Van Vliet was Van Vliet to me was the real floor leader. And he was the one guy that I looked at and said, If they end up winning, and if they end up winning a championship, this guy demonstrated to me in this game that he's championship caliber.
1: Oh. It's funny you say that. So Pascal in the presser goes, we've been through some heated situations, high pressure moments. And he said, whenever I look over at Fred, Fred has the same demeanor. Yep. Now, we don't need to tell you that Kawhi does the same thing. But he said, every time he looks over at Fred, Fred's giving you that same even kill. What do we need to do next? Next play type of mentality. I didn't think it was the greatest shooting night from him. No. Rick, I don't even think he was really a playmaker. I looked at his shot sheet. He shot 50% from the game and he had the dagger. He had a, he had a crazy I mean, it, three. A Toronto. Hey, hey, Rick, I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong. I feel like if Toronto wins this series by some some way possible, yeah. you're going to remember that shot that he hit. Yeah. You're going to nope. see that shot, right?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Desperation shot just hoisted it hits nothing but the bottom of the net. Um but I thought Van Vliet was 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 solid. I mean, four for eight, three for six from three point range,
1: eleven points. I need I need your opinion on this though. Let's say, and obviously this is how GMs think, owners think. As you're sitting back watching, yeah. Kyle Lowry moves on, whatever. Somehow you're a, it work it works out. Nobody wants that contract. At not a starting point guard. Okay, is Van Vliet a starting point guard? No. Or you just said he was? No. no. So wh- why not? You're seeing all the plays he's stepping up in big moments he's solid why is he not a starting point guard
2: because because he's not because I don't because first of all two points here one he's also doing all this when he's clearly not right like watching him there was a breakaway <laughs> he looked like he had a piano on his back <laughs> clearly oh, like his back or something is bothering him and he's and as, as someone who has experienced this before the physical ailment and trying to make it look like you're not hurting anytime he had the opportunity to make himself look like he was active defensively on the on the on the perimeter he would he'd like move around but if it was going to really come down to like i gotta take two steps sideways he wasn't gonna have that
1: he, he was he, he said was it too. it he said it too he said i can't he said i'm not in a position to complain he said everybody's hurt I'm not in position. And
2: and to that end, you know, we're making a big deal about the Warriors' ailments and the fact that KD is out and Clay was out is certainly reason to point that up. But Kyle, Kyle Lowry's not right. Kawhi Leonard's not right. Fred Van Vliet is not right. The distinction between who is suffering physically is not as great as people are making it out to be the the raptors are having to deal with some issues too
1: yeah but there's a difference between i've actually pulled the muscle mm. and my i'm sore as heck i'm beat up i have a twisted ankle because quake thompson that man probably has always had something every especially in these deep playoff runs that they've had kd's always had something but those guys find a way to to advance at the highest level Rick, a short story. I remember, you know, I was a, a bench guy in the NBA. Come off the bench, get certain minutes, and I got thrust into a starting spot. where I played so well that, that you know, I'm getting 30 minutes a night. Rick, I was balling for all the three games, balling, dunking, blocking shots. You know, averaging 15, 20, doing my thing. When I tell you by that fourth game, I got in the game, Rick. I literally couldn't move. My legs were jello. I didn't know how to rehab. I didn't. I, I was. I was done, bro. Yeah. People have no idea what the NBA grind looks like, and no one's gonna give you that excuse that well, you know, you played back-to-back games. Oh, well, you balled out, or you know, you made a hundred extra possessions, dude. When I say you can't move in if you wanted to, that's the reality of the NBA game. And if you're not conditioned to it, man, my hat goes off to those guys because I've been there. I felt it, and I know what it feels like to be one of those guys. And just as quick as there's no one going to give you those excuses, Rick, like yep. you just said. Wh- but th- which is,
2: to my point, why Fred Van Vliet is not a starting point guard. He's 6 feet, 190-something. He's 25 years old, so he's, pr- he's, he's in the prime of his athletic ability. Coming off the bench and averaging 20, 25 minutes, <laughs> is perfect for him. You're going to get the most out of him. If you ask him to play 35 and play against Dame and play against Steph and play against Russ, now you're – you just you just said it. You know, when you're coming off the bench and you're not being asked to carry the same load and you're coming in and the game's already started and you're fresh is a different role, well, what significant.
1: I mean, but, but what if I'm, I'm the Phoenix Suns in free agency? I'm offering him fifty or sixty million dollars. Well, you know, people you, make you know those, what I'm
2: saying. People make
1: those mistakes. <laughs> I'm not saying. That.
2: Yeah. But but I don't. But for me, it's not. It's not. Look, he's great as a backup. He may be. He may prove to be indispensable and invaluable, like like Andre Iguodala. But that doesn't mean you move him into the starting lineup and it, take him out of the role that he's, ex- he's
1: excelling in. It, it's funny you say that I've been in that Van Vliet position where, you know, I, I played behind Primo Brezic, mm. And Primo was everything that I wasn't. And Primo was a starter. And when I would get in the game, I get three, four dunks immediately, just mm-hmm. being a change of pace guy. Mm-hmm. I would I would run the floor. I'd block shots. I you know, immediately stuff would change, but I had confidence knowing, oh man, this guy's messing up. Like, dude, I'm I'm better than him. And then I get a starting spot and it's like, dang. It ain't that easy. So he's watching Kyle Lowry. He's going, well, that guy's out of control. Let me be in control. You know, mm-hmm. let me be essentially everything that he's not. And, you know, to your point, what, as much as we rip on Kyle Lowry, man, he's tough as nails. And this dude takes the craziest assignments every night. I mean, he got trucked by Brooke Lopez, Giannis in the last round. I, I mean, he's fearless. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no. it. <laughs> That's why I still think that there's room for the Raptors to demonstrate that they are championship material. Is the, and, and I just believe that they have to grow from this experience, having won this game. Because it just, man, they left the door open for as long as they possibly could. Here's the question I have for you. Is mm. the performance of Steph Curry what 47 points i think he finished with
1: yep 47 what? 6 6 and 7 or 7 and 8 something crazy yeah he joins lebron james and uh some old guy i forget forgive me forgive me respect to whoever this old guy was larry bird he's he's in a, <laughs> no it's not bird it was a guard bob kluzy or somebody like that okay crazy. all
2: right in any event They didn't win playing this way, and I appreciated. This is I I expected that this would be what they did, and Steph Curry. uh, Steph showed you just what a versatile scoring guard he is because they took him off the ball, and he was so smart in being able to play angles. And if you think of him just as a long range shooter, he's so much more than that. He's so clever. I, I just I appreciate his in-between game, he throws up these like 12-foot runners off the glass and they go in and everybody's like, oh, yeah, you take that for granted. That is, that is one of the most challenging shots to hit consistently, that, that mid-range one-hand floater off the glass. That's, yep. that, that's off-season work right there.
1: Well, Rick, think, of, think about this, and we got a credit step here. Once he stepped across half court, fresh off the of defense, he was live. Mm. And I mean, from from 30 feet tonight, he was live. And when I say live, it means he's ready to score the basketball. And as soon as he saw a glimpse, a window, he took those shots and they went in. I mean, you're playing against NBA teams in the finals and and.
0: Planning for your next trip, elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen
1: 6 inches where you can get off the shot. You got you got one more dribble where you pick up the ball and he did it and he knocked down those shots. Yeah. And it's easy to have a tough night and I mean Rick honestly, they were one three-point shooter away from him taking care of business tonight because when he drove the floor, they just they just sat in there and I I want to I want to ask you this check this out. So Curry goes off for 47. Goes goes balls out wants to win it, right? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. How smart of that was from Nick Nurse? He didn't go boxing one. Nope. He didn't go to take him nope. out. He said, go get busy. Yep. How big of an effect of that is going to be on Steph in game four, if at all?
2: It's a good question because we're only 48 hours away from, from game four. And Steph played 43 minutes. Yep. And, and ultimately, this is the other part, is that if you, you can let Steph go off, and he knew he knew he couldn't beat them alone. He wasn't
1: going to get sixty five. But did he though? I don't. I don't feel like he wavered. Because look, hey Rick, he what do you even mean? played defense too. What do you mean? I don't think he went to a moment and said, "Ah, oh, dang, the game is over." I felt like oh, for he pedaled to the metal. Curry. No, no, no,
2: yeah. no, no, no. I, I never questioned that with Steph, and I think he was probably disappointed when when Steve pulled the plug as early as he did. He played too much defense. <laughs> I was like, dude, get uh, off he was the hitting floor. the floor. He was hitting the floor for loose balls. He was doing no, the 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 the, the pick he had on Marcus All. Marcus All gets the rebound and he sneaks around. And he gets him another possession. He was tremendous in every way, but this underscores because we had this conversation on FS1 about uh, you know if he had if he had an like, iconic performance, which this comes very close to that. If he had an iconic performance, does this put, the, put him in the pantheon of the Kobes and the Michaels uh, and the Magics and and the guys who have had those, those legendary moments in the finals? And I said, no. Because he'll never be in that circle. Because there's a limitation to what Steph Curry's able to do simply because of his size. Now he's never going to stop coming. He's never going to try to figure out how I need to play to win. But he's also he's not going to win a game by dominating it in this fashion. Not a finals game. Not without help. What makes Steph Curry great is that he's able to synthesize what he's able to do and 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 do it in an efficient way that doesn't prevent a Kevin Durant from going off. Or a Clay Thompson from going off, or Draymond Green getting his. Like he finds his within the context of the team, but he has to do that for the Warriors to be as successful as they are. That's why when he was going off tonight, I was like, I wish, I, I wish the Raptors would make it a little bit harder on him. They certainly should have been capable of doing that. Just, I mean, I thought Van Vliet did a tremendous job. Yeah, Kyle Lowry. Did not. He you know, got too many open
1: he got way too many open looks. I was scream I was screaming at the TV. That's just way too many open looks.
2: And, and, and I mean he, he at one point he drove through the entire uh, war uh Raptors defense. He, he he drove by three guys, including Mark Gasol. I'm like there's only one guy you gotta worry about.
1: Like well, what are check, you doing? Check this though, Rick. I actually don't agree. But I don't think game three was the one to do it. I believe it's game four. To do what? Because when I see when I see KD come back. When I see Clay come back, or if if one if not the other, right? Yeah. I see them as more spot up shooters. And especially Clay mm. is gonna struggle to create his own shot. No doubt. You're not gonna get too much out of a shot fake, one dribble pull up. That's what they're gonna be limited to. Yep. They're actually going to need Curry to be forty seven point aggressive, Steph Curry. Now it is gonna open the lane for Draymond Green and a possible triple double because everybody sat in the lane. But if he doesn't have that type of aggression, they're going to be in trouble. I'm not relying on Kevin Durant coming back to just play one-on-one iso ball. But what they do is they spread the basketball floor. Now, maybe KD can post up against a favorable matchup. He can be the screen setter, a decoy. But I don't want a lot of movement out of him. I don't think that's the smartest thing, Rick. I think game four gives him the chance to have one of these Kobe, LeBron, uh, Magic Johnson type of moments in an NBA Finals,
2: but this is their greater. This is their greater issue. The Raptors, as long as they move the ball, are going to cr- should crush them offensively. And KD well, yeah, coming, until, KD until coming Kyle, back, or Clay Kyle coming Lowry, back is not going to solve what we saw tonight.
1: Until until Kyle Lowry flops on his way to the hole and dribbles off his foot, like like you know what I'm saying, like. But like they got, it's like, they got it's like such the easy board.
2: looks. Like who's – as long as there was movement, as long as it didn't get – because there were times where they handed it to one guy and everybody stood and watched. It was – they looked frozen. Anytime they they had ball and body movement, they ended up getting something easy because they could get a one-on-one matchup, a live one-on-one matchup, and they could get whatever they wanted. And I don't see what? that changing with – KD or Clay coming back because I think that if they do play where they're going to be affected the most is at the defensive end they're not going to be able to to,
1: I, to move I in agree. The same way. but I mean can you tell me that the Raptors Raptors are really efficient enough on offense <laughs> they go defense first they miss three shots in a row and then they hit two more then they hit one shot then they get a, a fast break opportunity
2: yeah I don't
1: I, I don't think you tell me that they're efficient enough Rick do you believe in
2: that I think they can be. I think they can be. Why? And and look. And I'm. I know that they have had this issue all year long. It's why I picked the Warriors and six coming into the series, in spite of my overall theory that for the for the year that whoever came out of the East was going to win because <laughs> the Warriors would physically break down. I I flipped. Well, they, they did that. Yeah. No, that part was correct, and it ended up. I mean, my my prediction at the beginning of the year might end up being the the accurate one, but I didn't believe in the Raptors largely because they they get so stagnant offensively at times, and and we've continued to see that. Now, one of the other matchups that I'll be interested to find out how much people are talking about tomorrow. Marcus all put DeMarcus Cousins in a body bag. He, won, yeah. he won that matchup in a huge way. Uh, he was yep. aggressive. And this and this is what I thought they needed to do is get Mark the ball and say, attack him on the post. Make DeMarcus work. Because yep. that takes the most energy out of you. Post defense for a guy coming back. Now you're not as spry. Now you're not, he's not putting the ball on the floor at the other end. Now when he drove, he had no lift. He was one for seven. And Gasol, meanwhile, got 17, seven. It was, that to me, that early statement for everything else that went sideways, that was a really positive sign for the Raptors.
1: It's so funny. I did Memphis radio today, and that's what they asked me. And I said, "Mark, Mark Gasol can't play around. I said he's got to attack DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, all bets are off. We need we need grit and grind, Mark Gasol, and you you don't. It's not just the defensive end against Cousins. It's offensive, like you said, and he had his mind to it. And it's been a while since we saw him get busy in a post. Yeah, and that that took Cousins right out of the game, man, right out.
2: The uh, the numbers for the for the Raptors as stagnant as they sometimes were they shot 52 percent overall 44.7 from three-point range and 95.2 from the free throw line 20 of 21 if you just looked at those numbers you'd go wow they had quite the offensive night but it was so yin and yang there were times where they're they're just they're going to the cup and they're finishing uncontested and then there's other times where they would get stuck, pinned in the corner. And I'm thinking, the team that's out there, you just got pinned in the corner by Steph Curry and Draymond Green, Pascal Siakam? Like in the corner? You you couldn't move the ball quicker or make a decision quicker than that? That's
1: what was well, that's here's what the, was really troubling. This is the, well this is this is where I think this is I'm gonna pin it down to this and let me know if you agree or not. When I look at when I look at Golden State, is that they can score back at you. And when they score, when they attack you, now I got to match two, three, four, five. I have to match your points. Hmm. And Toronto never had to play at Golden State's pace offensively. Yeah. When Draymond Green was driving into the hole, he said, "What the heck? There's four, or five guys in here. Yes. What are you guys doing here?" Yes. And they never had to match that. So, while well, I wasn't too enthused about Toronto. It was because I know what Golden State how they can score at a clip, yeah. and when Draymond's attacking, normally you see that lob to the big guy. Well, that lob was taken away, and they, when they kicked to the three point line, yep. right? Nothing, nothing. Rick, <laughs> they so, did. So that, that's why I don't. I'm not yeah. buying
2: in. Toronto did a tremendous job of um, of anticipating the lob. Draymond would get to the paint. And rather than, you know, the instinct is, as a big, you come off, you're going to go challenge the shot, right? And they stayed home. And so he's got the choice of, I'm either throwing a lob to a, to, to a guy who's, there's a guy right there who's going to intercept, or I have to throw it up on the rim, and that's just not Draymond's shot.
1: I well, you know, know who's in the corner, hit, right? Hit you know who's in the Florida. corner. It's yes. like Thompson yes. in the corner, bro, right? right. <laughs> or, or Andre Iguodala.
2: And mm-hmm. uh, Iggy hit a couple... But two for six, it's it's just not enough. And, and I mean, overall twelve for thirty six. That's Quinn Cook was zero for two from three point range.
1: How how healthy do you think Iggy is?
2: Oh, <sighs> it's degrees. I mean, he's healthier than Clay and KD, but he's not anywhere yeah. close to one hundred percent.
1: And I and and I'll credit Nick Nurse for this. You know what? You know what Golden State went back and did more very likely. Hmm. All the other role players, they worked against a box and one. They worked against, oh, catch and shoot, catch and drive. Right. And then Toronto was like, no, we're gonna guard you. We're just gonna guard you late. Right. We're gonna let Steph go up. So you guys did all this preparation for this box and one and and these janky defenses, as Steph said. And they did not throw it out at them. They said, you know what? Play our base solid defense because we're better than you and when you're better than a team you don't go changing crap around man no you just go do what you do best rick
2: the big question for me is, is i just don't know to be honest i don't know how much better the warriors can be in game four if kd i mean kd's gonna have no practice i'm still not convinced that he's playing i think everybody's taking it as a foregone conclusion that he's playing in game four if he was playing in game four, wouldn't you have at least left him as questionable like Clay for game three?
1: Like do you go from no, completely out I think, to I'm in? I think the mindset there is Katie's going to bring such a circus when he finally is checked to play Yeah, that they don't want to answer that question every five minutes. They don't want that to take yeah. over yeah. the game or their team. And he's such a dynamic force. That once we even hear he's a possible, yeah. dude, we're, we're over it. We're okay. going to talk about it all day.
2: Who do you think we have a better chance of seeing on Friday?
1: Play 100%. KD, 80%. Wow. Straight up. Wow. Because KD is a big unknown, but my understanding, he's been shooting and doing drills already.
2: I heard he was shooting. But again, so cool. whether it's a calf or it's a hamstring, you're not really going to know where it's at until you're in a game. There's no right. way to fully understand what it can take until you have to make an unexpected quick move.
1: Yeah, and I, you know what I don't expect from him? Mm. is quick moves. But I'm not so wowed by, you know, Mark Gasol's three-point shooting, Pascal's three-point shooting, yeah. or, you know, Kawhi's playmaking ability that they're even going to make KD be able to pay. And I'm not asking for 48 minutes out of KD, saying, KD, give me... You know, give me 28 to 30, possibly. Let's see how you go. Warm up into it.
2: Okay, so let's say, let's say Warriors get game four. Those guys come back and they get game four. We're still looking at the potential of two more games in Toronto. How much does that factor into the possibility that Toronto's, even if Toronto loses game four, that they can still win the series?
1: Rick, I don't think they give a damn about going to Toronto. I'll be honest. I'm
2: not sure that they. I'm not sure that they do, but I think Toronto does. I believe they need, I believe that home court advantage works for them. The guy that I thought was did a great job defensively. You, you talked about how the uh, how Clay, how Steph was was the the instant he knew he was open, he was taking the shot. You know who didn't do that? Toronto didn't do that in a number of instances. Serge Ibaka, in particular, he did some great things getting back defensively. But
1: it's was hurting a- him, bro. What's that? It's hurting him, bro. Coming off the bench, not knowing when he's going to play, it's hurting him, bro. Yep.
2: Hesitation in terms of what he was going to take and what he was going to do. He, 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 he had six blocks. He made the hustle plays. But in the offensive flow, it wasn't until it wasn't until he was almost shamed into a mid-range that he took it he, and he knocked yep.
1: it. Yep. Yes. He, hey, he ain't finding this Gasol move. I'll no. tell you that. No. There's going to be some decisions made. Yep. He ain't fond of it, bro. Not, right? I can tell. I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Cuz he had the wide open 3, mm-hmm. and he just held the ball like yep. shoot it. Yep. What are you doing? Yep.
2: You got to let that go. You got to let that go. All right. That does it for this episode of Buker and Hollins, subsidiary of Buker and Friends, part of the United WeCast Network. Uh I look we're supposed to have a drawing. I don't know what our producer is doing. I've even shamed him on the show here more, multiple times and it's having no effect whatsoever. But I do, we will give out our prizes and then we will announce what the next prizes are and we will do it. So, In the meantime, uh, rate the, the show wherever you get your podcasts and then screenshot that rating Number of stars that you give us, whatever it might be, and send it to Appyuker friends, and you'll be eligible to win these prizes that I promised that we are going to give out very soon. In the next podcast, we will have more information about Clay and about KD and where that uh, might leave the series moving forward. And I would imagine we're also going to have what well, we have to get into: Kyrie Irving and his social media. Uh, information that he's dispersing seems to be spending a lot of time in the New York area.
1: Yes, he is, and
2: we have to get Making into up meeting, meeting some old folks, yeah. good old
1: friends. We need to get
2: in. We need to get into that as well. So we will in the next podcast. In the meantime, as always, thanks for listening.